All right, Alex, I, I got a little kind of activation phrase for you. Um, you, you know about the Manchurian candidate and stuff like that? I'll, I'll say a phrase like there are like there are three vi there are three flowers in a vase and three of those flowers are blue or something like that, and you'll like go crazy and kill the president. Oh yeah, like one of those weird sleeper cell. Exactly. Kind of yeah, you, you don't even know this will trigger you, and it will trigger you. So, um, it's a quick little phrase, and it is the Crocs stay on. Uh, fuck yeah, they do. I'm wearing Crocs right now. Of course you are. <laughs> fuck yeah, I am. And they're Batman Crocs. Ooh. Hell yeah. The right shoe has Batman, but like just him looking all badass. The left shoe has the giant Batman POW logo. So I don't know what you're trying to set off here other than, you know what? You're pretty cool. I, I, I. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I think I stumbled across this phrase somewhere, and it just was like, "Let's just say this to Alex and see what the fuck happens." And what, what's happening is not what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to high five you, except for COVID. But yeah, that's so cool. Have you been to the Crocs outlet in Vegas? N no, I grew up. In There's a, a Crocs outlet in Vegas. You should definitely check out. No, they have you... such a wide selection of Crocs. Like. They have the sandals, they've got the OG Crocs. I mean, I, I can invite you to some Crocs Facebook groups. I think you've unlocked something you were not expecting. Yeah, this is definitely some like this is definitely some activation phrase, but like Alex's inner like Crocs marketing executive programming or something. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't you can't spell Crocs without rocks, and that's what you do. You rocks. I think there's a K that's missing from that. You ROC like Rocka wear. You rock. I just feel like I'm looking at like, it, my mental image of Alex right now. like a sweet a suit is like slowly emerging on him. His hair looks <laughs> like it's like slicking itself back, and like the most neon orange pair of Crocs are just like slow. Like he's wearing slippers and they're shifting into Crocs, and like his chair is like he's shifting to like a boardroom. It's like we have them, gentlemen. The simulation <laughs> is over. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 210. And here with me today, I am Cracket Zero, aka Noedhar. Also, Henry is Charlie, aka Mordak Undivided, and Alex, aka Mave Online. So, <laughs> sup? So we are we are all gathered around around our microphones, and I guess we have some things to say. It's a little bit slower week than some, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you aren't going to have I, I have lots of news items every week. But I it's have an obnoxious of... number of Destiny things to talk about, but there's a whole separate podcast, so you guys don't have to listen to it anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might mention a little bit, but yeah. Yes. We don't have to, uh, yeah, uh, I mean... The fact that you know all three of us do actually actually play Destiny, so I mean it's it's bound to come up a little bit, but yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, so as far as like what I've been doing, I mean that's the thing is like it's been a lot of Destiny to be honest. Like I've I did mention last week that I had been doing the. Fantasy Star Online thing for a bit, 
and are are you two still playing PSO? I, I a little bit. I PSO has become my replacement for Warframe, which is when Destiny is bad. I play Warframe, <laughs> and here's the problem: we're at week four of Season of Arrivals, and there hasn't been a bad week yet. Like Iron Banner was Iron Banner week, and it felt like a fucking filler episode in an anime, but like. It was a good filler episode because I still got pinnacle rewards out of it. So it's kind of an uncomfortable situation of I'll get back to Fantasy Star Online when I don't have a like better game to be playing right now. Like it doesn't have the same loot hook that somehow Destiny does. Like I, I think I enjoy playing Destiny a little bit more than I will always enjoy playing Fantasy Star Online just because of how the combat works and. They're mm. different games, kind of thing. Like it's the the depth of combat in Destiny is slightly higher than the depth of combat in PSO, and that's not that, that and that's not PSO's fault. It's just one of these is an action game, one of these is an RPG action game. Like it's still more actiony than the average MMO out there is, but it's not like active dodging and as important in the positioning category and stuff like that. Like it's yeah, I yeah PSO is my new uh, Warframe where it's like ah, this is a bad week of Destiny. Guess I'll play PSO. Yeah, I guess that's where I kind of am. And my and my, I guess PSO has taken the place of Terra, uh, unfortunately, because I like Terra a lot. And I, but it's like I also like Fantasy Star Online. I liked it before I liked Terra. I yeah, mean, one I of these is new and is. fun and exciting, and one of you has a slower update schedule. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I. And I can't really get involved with too many MMOs because it's just I only have so much free time. Yep. And I play games other than MMOs on it on occasion too. So yeah, it's like what's what's my backup game? <laughs> and yeah, right now Fantasy Star Online Two is kind of taking up the spot that Terra used to take. I like to joke that mm. like Fantasy that um, Destiny will be like it's your main family, and then you have your like secret family that you visit on business trips that you tell you work, or you work on an oil rig or something like that. <laughs> wow. Way to make it sound super skeezy. It is, because you're like, man, I'm only here because it's a bad week at Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I I actually... Alright, so I guess we will talk about more about it later, but I actually did also play the the Devolver Digital's Devolver Expo. I also played that, actually. It is a video game. It was, yeah, it's kind of just, it feels like something that was slapped together in Unreal Engine. That's definitely what it feels like. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. My students regularly made stuff in weeks. That was superior to this. That game definitely felt as though it was made in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really rough. Uh, we, we and it's that. really uneven. Like, there's, like, the... For some... For, like, a couple of the games, especially one in particular, they went all out to make it, its area look nice. But everything else... Mm, really, they, they kind of, like... Here's a room with some really, it's, yeah, it's the the time put into it and the obvious effort is all over the place. It's really uneven in to that To quote aspect. Devolver Digital making fun of IGN, 
it is truly the best video uh, marketing stunt masquerading as a video game I've played all year. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a stunt, and uh, yeah, I'd say it's like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was not impressed to be honest, and also I'm like. So you really don't want me to know of these unannounced oh, games. I, I went in with zero expectations, and my reaction to it was, yeah, I feel as though, like, this is exactly what I expected. Like, it's... It... Same. We'll talk about the Devolver Digital Showcase Direct thing later on in the show. I, mm-hmm. I think you're more positive on that than I am right now, and I, I, it was one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, this, this feels like what I expect when they announce this, like, it would have been funnier if, like, in the worst way possible, given the theme of the Devolver Digital Direct, if they had just put that, if they put the game out as like an early access thing, and part of one of the patches was we never intend to finish this, and it was just a glitch fest of monstrosity. Like, oh, haha, the joke works, but like, because it works fine, it's disappointing. It's like, ah, eh, this is, it's free, so it's I'm just not sure. mediocre. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, it's free, and it's a marketing stunt. It just kind of exists, so, like, I don't know really what I was expecting out of it, but at the same time, it's me going, like, I came in with zero expectations, and I expected nothing and was met with nothing, ultimately, and still I'm like, ha, why did you bother doing this? It just feels like the, the game is void of a sense of humor, and it really, really needed a sense of humor. Yeah, and... Yes, and we'll talk about kind of, I think, that prevailing issue I had. I, I, I don't think it was just the game that lacked the sense of humor. I think, like, the Devolver Direct this year also had some humor issues that are kind of tied up in what that thing actually was, but that's neither here nor there right now. But yeah, we we have both played a marketing stunt, I guess, this week. Yeah, but not, not a fun one. I mean, I've played other kind of nothing. It's no Sneak King. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not a it's not a fun experience. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if there's more of a sense of humor to it, like any sort of a real sense of humor to it, I would have probably enjoyed it. But there's just there's no real humor going on. Okay, let, like, let me be mean for a second. Um, I guess like it's the exact game I think that you'd make as a joke from the people that keep making the serious Sam games. Yeah. I guess. I, I mean, I, I, this, but the serious Sam games are fun. I, so I don't think so. Like I, it's I've never liked any of the serious Sam games, and huh. I know there's a you weird, have to like you have to like the type of sort of like kind of FPS. And the main thing that the games always had was just crap tons of enemies, more than any yeah, other FPS, and, constantly running at you. And, and that's I, I know a lot of fun. Those, those games have a like devout following, and I've never gotten. There's never been anything about those games that jumped out as special to me. I'm like, I, I get that people love these, and I'm not going to knock it for that, but I do not get this enduring franchise. Like, it, it's not even, it's like, it's not funny. It's just like, oh shit, there's a ton of enemies on screen. I'm like, okay, what else it's, makes you like this? Well, you don't this? really play a lot of FPSs outside of Destiny, though, do no, you? No, I do. I play almost every FPS that comes out in a year, give or take. Really? Yeah. Like uh, the uh, Call of Duty series and stuff? Yeah, I play those, like, not every year, but I play a bunch of them. Hmm. Yeah, like, I, if you were to pick a genre, I've played the most of its first-person shooters. Like, I, not so See, much... See, that's, I guess I like it because it's both not realistic, 
crap tons of enemies, and that's why it makes it fun to play as a uh, co-op game. Because I'd then, sure, and that's what I liked about it. That's what I enjoyed about it. Yeah, like it's I just like no other, especially when it came out. No other FPSs boasted just that many enemies on the screen at the same time, and it still generally runs fine. It doesn't require crisis level resources. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I'm not knocking the game. It's but it's one of those ones where like I look at that and I look at the Devolver land demo thing and i'm like yeah this feels like serious sam which i also just don't get yeah no i dude i play a ton of fps's i think of the three of us i'm the one that's played doom 2 or the new doom new doom 2 whatever the fuck that new one's called new doom well, 2 well there's just doom sometimes they just doom call eternal it that's what it's called oh doom eternal yeah yeah I love Doom. I, I, I love 2016 Doom. That's one of the, like, that, that is one of the best FPSs made ever, ever kind of thing. Like, yeah. Doom Eternal is a lesser game than that. We've talked about this it in this is. podcast. Yeah, like, it's not as good. It is definitely a lesser game. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess we're kind of both talking about our weeks at the same time. I, but, they, they overlap some. But, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess... At least this, uh, other than sort of the ex, you know, the Devolver Land Expo being just really, really like mediocre, like annoyingly mediocre. Like I enjoyed my gaming this week. I mean, I, I, I like, I like it when I have a week when, yeah, like Destiny, still fun, like to the point that that's pretty much all I played. I, I also did something I hadn't done before. Go I on. used the, I used the app. To find fire teams, so I could run through a couple of things to finish off some exotics, and I got Izanagi's burden and yeah. blast wish. So now I have that. I mean, it's a good sniper rifle. It's interesting as a sniper rifle. I'll say last that. wish? No, Izanagi's burden. No, you said something else. The last word? Last war or last word? The hand cannon. Or... The cowboy hand cannon, right? No, oh no, uh, sorry, there's a, a bow, what's it called? Wishender. Uh, Wishender, yeah, Wishender, that's what I meant. But yeah, I got Wishender, which is real good, and I got Izanagi's Burden, but uh, yeah. And it's, uh, get the, oh, those if you have Izanagi's Burden, we should run you through Heroic Menagerie real quick so you can get the catalyst. It makes it better. It only drops during uh, the Heroic Menagerie? Yep, it's a guaranteed have... drop. Okay, do you have to do have do we have anything like in particular for it to drop or just No, just complete heroic menagerie, which is with a team really easy these days. Um heroic menagerie doesn't have matchmaking. Mm. It's a guarantee. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a familiar game. with that, that's why I haven't run it. Um yeah. no, I, there again I yeah, that's the thing, it's like this is the first some and it's actually went well on both. Like uh I end up and going on to uh uh, some other people's discords because they prefer to use that for yeah. the vo- voice yep. for uh, voice instead. But and I can get why, but I don't. Yeah, I. But yeah, that was that was fun actually. I mean, that was yeah. I had a good time doing that. Um. Ah, uh, gosh, for the what? I guess yeah. This was for Wish Ender when you have to play kind of the same one a couple of times, but slightly differently. <laughs> the same. Uh. Uh. Raid or no? It's not a raid. It's just a uh, mish. A uh, or well, Wish Ender's um, crown or not crown? Um, Shattered Throne. 
Yeah, you have to run Shattered Throne like three times for it. It should only be twice, but yeah, yep. Or twice. But on the second time, you have to get those big uh, spheres, and yep. you have to dunk them into certain areas. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens is, if you die, it resets all of them. Yep. And, but, we figured out that, oh, alright, alright, so one of the times, like, kind of, as you're going through, you drop down quite far off of this thing to go to the next area. Uh, it's pretty tricky to go back, but we managed it. Jesus. But the first time we died, we're all like, oh, crap, like, because the second, we, we died around the second one, and it was like, it didn't reappear. And then I, and I actually managed to think, like, did it reset them all? So we went back, and it did reset them all. So we went back, did the first one again. All the enemies are still dead. That's one of the things, all the, all the encounters are already done. And then, but then we died again, and so we had to figure out a way to hop back up. Luckily, two of us were hunters with both with stompies and so we managed to make the very kind of tricky jump to go back and redo the first two spheres and then did, did the third one and but yeah it was fun i mean it was still fun in the end it was kind of fun that we figured it out on our own that yeah no we don't have to restart the entire thing we just have to go back and redo or not even have to redo the because the enemies didn't reappear just Dunk the yeah, dunk the spheres again. But uh, <laughs> in other news, uh, uh, well, uh, our our air conditioner has been out for a while, and we're oh, finally Jesus. getting we've been getting oh, somebody no. in. We're gonna get somebody in tomorrow that's gonna come in and work on it. And uh, our power was out for a while, like not too long. So I didn't even have a fan to like. It was very hot. And here in, the, like here in the valley, it's about like five to ten degrees warmer than even if you're like in Santa Monica or like downtown. So it was, it did not feel nice. I mean, I like heat and all, but with a with a, out even like a you know a fan that I could turn on, that did make it like less less nice. I'll say, <laughs> while the power was out. Also, it was annoying not being able to use the refrigerator because we couldn't. You know, we weren't going to open those up while the power's out, so... But, I mean, not like the worst thing in the world, but it certainly wasn't nice. It got pretty pretty darn warm in here. But, <laughs> yeah. So I, I have currently a couple of fans directed at me right now, in case uh, anybody's hearing weird sounds coming in through my <laughs> mic. So... <laughs> but, we'll fix it, anyway, the, But, yeah, but... In a roundabout way, yeah, that's that. That was that's what I did in my week. So, uh, what about you? Up to anything other than what we talked about? Um, so the Destiny of Triumph, or sorry, Moments of Triumph dropped in Destiny Two. So, I've been doing that. I I officially can get the raid ring. Uh, there's a couple raids leaving Destiny at the end of this season. They're mm -hmm. kind of getting put into the content vault temporarily. That. My raid did a do them all in one day run, and we did that. We got five raids done in roughly five hours, which is pretty good. I now have wow. access to a very ridiculous ring if I so wish to buy it, and a fucking badass emblem. So that's time yeah. well spent, I guess. Yeah, I'd like to get a chance to do some of those raids before they go. Yeah, I've never there's... done any of. I've never done any raids. Period. I'm trying to fix that. I'm trying to get through the easiest one at least. Yeah. Um. Spire of Stars is a motherfucker. 
That I, I get why my clan does not do that thing ever. But I have I but I have the toast emote, which is glorious and wonderful. Uh yeah, I but also fuck Spire of Stars a little bit. Holy fuck, that last encounter is problematic. Which emote? Uh the which uh it's called like opulent toast or glorious or luxurious toast or something. Uh, it's you sit on a chair and you have a you swill a goblet. It's 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 quite okay. opulent. You feel a, it's there's a couple of moats in that game. I just never unequipped for my characters. I think that's become one of them. Like all of them have a knife flip emote. All of them have the like man spread sitting on a chair emote, and now they all have the toast emote as well. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, these are my favorite emotes in the game. Deal with it. Yeah, I have the one that I use quite a bit is the uh, champagne one where you knock off the champagne with the uh, top of the saber. Yeah, th this is kind of in response to that one almost. But, yeah. <clears throat> no, we did that. I actually played some of Hyperscape, a game Alex talked about last week. I, mm. I During the podcast, I actually did the Twitch watching thing. It doesn't even take an hour. I think I got mine in like five minutes and getting it to show up was harder. Oh, I just got a, I got a thing in the email. They just gave me it anyway. I didn't cool. even end up having to watch Twitch for it. Fair, yeah. I... However, my computer can't run it, so didn't get to play it. Yeah, so Alex, you've played it. Like, what do you think of the powers in that game? There are a few that are fluff or odd. Like the, like the armor one is weird because, yeah, you get a bunch of extra armor, but now you can't do anything. Yeah. I. Okay, so it's not just me that had the same reaction. Like, the, the whole... The movement, the overall game I thought was pretty cool. The upgrading weapons I thought was really cool. The powers just seemed dumb and, like, not powerful enough. And, like, but also, like, okay, why don't I just have this on a class? Like, like, just give my character this all the time, maybe, or something? Like, I, or give me a loadout or something? I don't know. I, I didn't quite get them, I guess. I mean, I thought, I thought, I mean, the addition of all the powers is pretty fucking cool. Like, I, I thought it was, I think the way they have it right now is pretty solid. They just need to change some things. But yeah. For the I, most part, like, kind of, like, remove some of the fluff or modify some of the fluff of powers. Like, but overall, I think it's great. The one you turned to the bouncing ball was the one I'm like, why the fuck is this even in the game? I mean, it's a good armored getaway. I, sure. Nice. I... Yeah, I, I guess. Like, it's one of those things where, or just, like, let me put this on my character. Like, give me an action skill slot that I can pick. I I, I don't know. I It just kind of felt weird and, like, okay, I turned into a giant hamster ball. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've one's... seen a couple of the streamers who have that one. They just roll away, like, oh, gotta go. It's <laughs> yeah, busy I, here. Yeah, like, I, I tried rolling over people with it, and that really didn't work. And I'm like, this? Okay. Like, and how long do I have? I have a really fucking long time in this. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's cool. Yeah, the, the Like I said, the movement's really good. The guns are pretty inventive. Like, any gun that gives you, like, a Gatling gun, I look at it and go, huh, that's kind of cool. Like... Yeah, the upgrade system on those two is really nice. Yeah. Like, I, I really, really enjoy it. And then, like, when they get upgraded, obviously they get like a bigger max size yeah. and whatnot. But like, did you see what the handgun gets when you yeah. upgrade it to max level? Yep. Yeah, that one's pretty fucking nice. I uh, yeah, it's like the basics of that game: the guns, the shooting, the like look of it. I think's a pretty good game. It, it was just the powers. I'm like, this is 
weird and I'm not sure I like this, but if you gave me a game mode where you can like turn this off or just everyone automatically has shields, I'd be like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. I think I mean the fact that the 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 core of it, like the guns yeah. and the fluid like the movement, all that stuff is solid is a good sign. Because you can change all the extra items, but yeah. like the core of it runs great. So. Yeah, I get that. Down to like the animations, like the reload animations for some of the guns are pretty cool. Like you summon a sniper rifle to your hand. I'm like, that's dumb and fun. Yeah. 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 So that's where I am with it. But I really, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, it's mostly it for me. It's a lot of Destiny this week. Like from a Ruinous Effigy is a really fucking cool gun I've been working on. Like I did the raiding thing. I'm trying to get through the moments of triumph as much as I can. Like I, it's, I'm determined to get the moments of triumph seal this uh this season and the um forerunner seal and i'm on track to get both of them probably and yeah that means i'm gonna be playing a lot of destiny in the future i it is weird though so um ghost of tsushima comes out next week and i think i want to play that game but the lack of any kind of chatter around that game has me unbelievably worried Hmm. what have you heard Nothing. That's the problem. Like, the, no one's talking about that game at all. I've seen no articles, no nothing, and, like, maybe there's a real strict embargo on it, but, like, I forgot that game was coming out till I saw something on Twitter that was like, five days till Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, that... Huh. I should have, like, seen more about this game. Like, there should be a couple more gameplay trailers out there, or something? Like, I... I what is this game exactly? Like, if it's an open-world, like, cool action game, I'll be on that. But, like, if this is, like, Sekiro, I'm not spending money on that right now. And <laughs> I... What's up with this game, people? Yeah, I don't know anything about that game. Either. No, and that's exactly it. Like, it's all I know is it's more or less the last PS4 game they're going to release. Like, it's the last, like, maybe a console exclusive, technically, or something, if you look at it that way. And it's looked cool the entire time. It got pushed back a little bit when they pushed back um, The Last of Us. But beyond that, there's, like, really nothing out there about the game. And that worries me, because anytime a game has nothing surrounding it, like, no, if nothing from Sony, nothing from various news outlets, just no nothing, it's like, okay... Why is the embargo this strict? Or like, what's going on? Like, I I need something to like. I'd have normally pre-ordered a game I was going to play by now just so I could have it day one, so I could actually play it. I'm not doing that this time. Like, there's such a uncomfortable silence about this game right now. That's just me looking at it, going, "Okay, what's wrong with you? Mm. There's something up." Yeah, it's more or less it. Oh, I I read way. I, I'm. I'm giving myself the Master Refresher class in Vampire the Masquerade Lore, one of the groups I play tabletop games with. That's going to become our off-week game, I think, and I'd forgotten just how much oppressive lore that game has. Oh, there's so much I forgot about that game, and so much I'm like, why am I relearning this? I don't need to know about vampires through history. I want to know, but I don't need to know. You're a big Vampire the Masquerade fan, aren't you, Henry? Yep. Which clan do you normally play? Um, I've played many of them. Fair. I mean, I, <laughs> I've played Bruja, I've played Ventru, I've played, like, other kind of side clans. I've yeah. played the Mish, 
I mean, uh, yeah, I'm kind of familiar with it. <laughs> no, it's weird. Like you, you, you've mentioned the one clan. You've not mentioned the one clan I always like playing the most, which is the like um, Gogol or whatever it is. The 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 feral ones. Gangrel. Gangrel. That's the name I was trying to remember. Like the wrestler. Yes. Yes. And actually, the wrestler who is one of the wrestlers that trained me, he the WWE got permission from White Wolf to use that name yeah. for him. Oh, that's neat. See, he had, before that, like, before he joined WWE, he already had a vampire, like, thing going in in his, re- as a wrestler. He was Vampire Warrior. Um, and then, but yeah, at WWE, uh, they actually got permission to, from White Wolf to, uh, which, at, before, they were basically bought out, but yeah, to use Gangrel as a name, so. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that actually happened. Color me surprised. Yeah. That's for us my week. What have you been up to, Alex? Um, I'll be honest with you, like, not much. Uh, just, uh, mainly, obviously, just kind of get caught up on stuff for the new expansion, trying out the alpha for Shadowlands. Obviously, I watched the announcement for it, which happened this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a pretty slow week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wasn't really that much. I don't even think I played anything else other than like, oh no, well, I mean the rest of Hyperscape for a bit, but that ended Tuesday, I think. So, I think at that point I didn't play any more Hyperscape. Uh, well, after we talked about it on Sunday when we recorded the podcast, I don't think I played much anything else after that, but yeah, no, it's a slow week for me, I'll be honest. That's fair. News? Yeah, news. Right, we got, I gotta start off with Alex being fucking right this week because he called it a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Um, yeah, so I, I think I said something. I think Ninja's going back to Twitch, and Alex was pretty insistent he was going to YouTube. Looks like Ninja's going to YouTube. Well, it's not confirmed. Yeah, he, he, he streamed just, on it. He streamed yeah. on it, but according to, was it Slash or whatever, he talked about that there there's no exclusively lock. He chose to just go on stream. To stream on YouTube just to stream on there because he could. Fair. It wasn't like an exclusivity thing. No, yeah, I'm not saying. I guess I'm not saying it's that, but also like to pick your first stream post mixture to be on YouTube and not Twitch. That feels like you're making a choice, I guess. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, like I'm not surprised. Like they they've talked about a lot how they did. They've had a really like Twitch and Ninja had a really gnarly falling out. Yeah, that whole thing. So I'm not surprised. But at the same time, like, it's interesting to see that, that yeah, he first went with YouTube, which is not bad, because did you see his numbers on that stream? It's like 100,000 viewers or something, yeah. He drew, like, at least, I think at the peak, 150,000 concurrent viewers, which is huge. Like, to get that level of numbers is, is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, over 150,000 concurrent viewers, so... Um, but yeah, it looks like he's in, he's in, was it according to the Esports Insider, uh, Slasher, I think his name is? Yeah. Uh, he's currently in negotiations with streaming platforms, but no exclusive deals have been signed yet, including YouTube, so, yeah, there, that's where we are with that right now, so, we'll see. Yeah, I, owe you an apology, Alex, you were 100% right about the first, I guess, outing of Ninja. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Can you uh, can you timestamp that, please? I need no. to write that down. Nope. Or, uh, I'll just clip it from the podcast this week. It's okay. Do that if you so wish. Yep. All right. So I think I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised, to be honest. I mean, in hindsight, I'm not either. Back. I mean. I mean, he's always had a YouTube channel. It's not yeah. like it, it was new. I actually yeah. did not know that, so that actually makes that make more sense. Like, the fact that I think his Twitch is just straight gone, this is definitely easier to get back up and going. He's already got a built-in audience, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so the Ubisoft forward, fast-forward, direct thing is happening as we record this podcast, so... I'm sure everything we say about Ubisoft will age unbelievably well between now and next week when we record our next episode. Um, so bear with us. We do have a we do have a leak to cover that it, it appears we're getting a Far Cry Six, and that it may be a prequel to Far Cry Three. Which just stop making Far Cry games for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> the last good one was Three. I, I I don't know. Like Three was good. Four was. Pagan men and pagan men was okay, and then they made too many of them. Like I genuinely hate five, and then there's that like sort of sequel to five in the post-apocalypse that was bad. Yeah, I never got. I didn't. I haven't played any since three, to be honest. Yeah. I don't really even know how they are. Four did some cool stuff. Like, um, primal wasn't great. Uh. Four was written in a way that had me wind up siding with the bad guy or like the quote bad guy. If if you get through that story and still think Pagan Min is actually a bad per like he's a bad person, but he's like, but he's the worst person of all the characters you can side with in that game. You didn't get what the other two were up to because one of the quote like rebel leaders you you can side with wants to bring back, like, the old-school traditions of the region, including shit like child brides, and the other yeah. one wants to turn the entire country into, like, a drug manufacturing state, and pagan men just as kind of happy being warlord and keeping neither of those things from happening. And that's a weird thing to side with, but, like, the, the actual true and correct ending of that game is to just sit at the start of that game until the timer runs out and Pagan Min comes back and you can, like, go off and be buddies with him. Like, that's the correct yep. ending to that game. Which is, which is kind of awesome that they put that much choice into it. That's, it's kind of a it, it, very interesting thing that, yeah, if you, you don't start the entire adventure, it's just like, that's it. One cutscene is your entire game. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, as someone who's done all the endings to that game, including the one where, like, you can choose to kill Pagan Men or not, and I chose not to, like, the correct ending to that game is not to play that game. Like, I, I think that game's story is kind of terrible, and <laughs> USA main character are a fucking shitbird. <laughs> but we got a new Far Cry 6 coming, so, yeah, it's got, um, uh, I'm gonna butcher his name now, uh, Giancarlo S. Posito, the guy who played Gus from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, appears to be the main villain this time, so... I just assume this is naturally, like, a way to virally market a new Breaking Bad show. I... Looks like... <laughs> sure, like, there's, there's a rumor that you get to play as Voss maybe this time. Like, the thing that leaked is a picture of, the, of Gus and a kid with a scar above his eye that might or might not be Voss. One of the two main villains from Far Cry 3, which... I guess that could be cool, but also 
I don't need to know where the villains I like in video games came from. Voss could just be Voss, and I'd have been fine with that. I don't need an explanation of how Voss became Voss. I think this is more um, what happened when Gus Fring moved from Chile to the United States. This is a prequel to his character in Breaking Bad. I would play that game, actually. That that would be an interesting game, I guess. Like that, that could be a game I could be into. they never fucking tell you that. <laughs> well, because it doesn't matter. Like that—that that goes back to my comment I just made of like I don't need to know where villains come from necessarily. Like, oh, I know. Don't get me wrong. I actually kind of like the mystery in yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Moving on from that, Super Hot's getting a sequel. Super hot. Hot. Super. So, hot. did you see the little tidbit that if? If the sequel is free for anybody who owns the original Super Yes, but if you got the game via a free giveaway like the Epic Store, you don't get it for free. But yes, I will be getting Super Hut 2 or whatever the hell it's called for free. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know why they're doing that. It's super cool they are doing that. Like, I'm just happy there's a Super Hut sequel coming. It's super cool. Maybe it's, uh, super, super hot. I think it's called Mind Control Delete. What? It's called Super Hot Mind Control Delete. It appears to just be more Super Hot, but I'm okay with that. Like, Super Hot's great. Is it extremely hot? Again, no, it's not what the game is called, but it also comes out July 16th, so it will be here soon. Hmm. And it's coming to the Switch at a later date, so yeah, if you like Super Hot, we're getting more Super Hot. Uh, moving on from that, some uh, art leaked of what PS5 game boxes might look like, and they're now uh, sporting a truly subversive uh, white border on them. I think it looks slick. I do too, yeah. It matches the new consoles. Also, like yep. compared to recent Newsweeks, I like that this is a news article topic. Hey guys, they changed up the box art. I'm fr- cool. I'm front loading this a little bit before we get to our like shit heel of the week topic. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. There is. Uh... Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to give us a little bit of a buffer of just some fluffy news to go through before we get to like continuations of last week. Oh mm-hmm. boy, is this, is, do I need to go grab some alcohol to get through no, this? It's just two stories this week. Okay. I, I guess is our intro into that, though. Um, we covered it last week, but if you want to get a sense of just how widespread the uh, Smash community situation is right now, uh, we have over 50 al- separate allegations that are now circulating, and I, I don't mean, like, 50 different people have come forward, at least, and made these allegations. Like, it's not 10, it's literally over half of 100. That's a fuck ton of people. All right, yeah, so, and to be more specific, right? sexual misconduct yeah. allegations. And this is all just in the Smash community, right? Yep. Yeah. Fucking A, man. Yep. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just like, it's hard to read. Yeah, and we covered this in depth last week, bad. so we're not going to go it's deep really into bad. it again. But yeah, if, if you're curious about this, go check this out. It's pretty easy to find this information, but... Yeah, uh, it's the, the thing that we're also now running into, which is something I've a little bit kind of wondered out about for a long time, is the FGC and other kind of eSport communities don't have a, like, governing board to them. Like, 
say what you will about like owners associations inside like major league sports in the U.S. and stuff like that. They're 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 bad too, but at least like there's a body of someone that kind of gives a rat's ass about and how to handle these situations in a like controlled way. That that doesn't exist in this instance, and it's just kind of snowballing. I don't think. Well, let's just say that those associations haven't helped. Oh with no, they're their they're not great either. Like, don't, I, I'm not praising them in any way, shape, or form. But at least they were like, they sped up the process and the investigation of them, like for better or worse. Did they? Uh or did they squash a lot of investigations? They definitely squashed. Like, I'm not saying like again. I'm not saying they were good, but it's more you're, you're like it's. I guess it's more you're realizing just how like weirdly connected the esports scene is. Where just it's like yeah, there's no, huh. There's no one to enforce kind of punishment in this situation in some weird ways. Well, the, in this way, it would be the police. Yeah. And the problem is, well, I, I think, in a weird way, not having an association to quash this stuff is probably better. All right, so this, this is what I think. All right, so I've seen it too often in too many other situations where some, for the sake of, PR, they will very specifically use the weight of a larger organization, like you're talking about, to specifically quash anything yeah. like this. Oh, yeah, I'm so, not saying no, it's a I good think thing. this is actually better that there isn't an esports committee of own powerful owners basically saying, you know what, that's the, you know this player makes us a lot of money. Actually, I think we're going to quash all of this. Well, and I think also part of me wonders if we're at this point because there's no unifying thing between all the communities, too. Like, again, like I said last week, some of these rumors have been going around for a long time. Yeah, and but yeah, I do feel like that, honestly, like, a larger, powerful organization that overseeing this all would be worse. They would be worse in this situation. They would be ones actively trying to cover it up and smooth it over, rather than letting people's voices be heard. Because that's kind of what we've gotten from every other organization in in things like this, especially sexual misconduct. I well, mean, do I need to even bring up the Catholic Church? No, I mean, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like HR department at a big company. The HR and, department's and, job isn't to take care of you; it's to protect the company. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the NFL's own problem with you know like uh, with uh, you know the effect of uh, of also sexual misconduct and like you know abuse and stuff like that and trying to cover it up, smooth it over. Well, at least in this case, there's nobody, there's no powerful people trying to PR their way out of this situation. So yeah, I think I actually think the opposite. I think not having a powerful board overseeing this is actually for the better. I think this is Otherwise, also potentially think... the death for Smash, I guess. Like, that's, like... I don't like the Smash community, but also, like, it's not... I think this is the death of Smash for a potentially large chunk of time, and I feel a little bit bad for that. Yeah, but... And it's, like... There again, it's, like, not... It's, it's way too widespread, but, I mean, it, there again, there's a certain sense of, like... Like, guess you should have dealt with it instead of like yeah, no, I don't you know, rumors flying. No, but I think also like they couldn't deal with it because they they don't have a way of dealing with it. Yeah, there is going to the police or going to any like going to any 
there there is a number of ways that this could have been dealt with other than sort of sort of brushing it under the rug rug I don't think it was brushed under like the rug I said it never got any traction like the, 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 I don't agree with what you're saying though either like it's both like having an organization makes things problematic because their job is to protect the organization and not necessarily do the yes. thing. But yes. I also think lacking something to at least report this to. Like again, like I said, this has been a known topic for a chunk of time. Like this isn't like new yeah. news to some people. Yeah. And yeah, I and I don't know what the answer to yeah. it would be necessarily, other than like just, you know, people feeling more empowered to speak up about yeah. it. No, I I I, I mean I th I think answer. if anything any sort of a governing organization should should not shouldn't or oversight organization should consist of not powerful people like not owners not you know not players even or you know not the top level players even but just like normal players who might you know who might uh, oversee it but they aren't seen as somebody like so powerful they could just you know crush you with their money. Yeah, no, and I think uh, if them. you're looking for a good example, the way um, Evo chose to handle it, which it was, they got rid of that guy pretty fucking quickly. That's the correct response. Yeah, but and I think it's because the way Evo's organization is, it's not quite the same as yeah. like that CEO. While they will will wield a lot of power, is I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I yeah, don't know. I, I don't have a. I don't have a correct answer for this. I'm not sure. I know what the correct answer is, but yeah, it's up to. I mean, all right. So I guess it has to be done on a sort of a smaller basis. All right. So I've worked, you know, in the like I've worked for several fan conventions. Like so, I'm you know, and you know, fan conventions ha have had their own sort of reckoning with the consent thing. Like, finally really being pushed. Like, you know, it, it was more in terms, you know, like, most of the time it was women, uh, female cosplayers, being touched when, when they, without permission, you know, without consent. Yeah. And so that was a thing that essentially fan conventions and, you know, behind the scenes had to figure out how are we going to deal with this. I mean, yeah, and I've watched the same things happen, you know, reckonings happen with a GDQ over, you know, some people that were sort of, uh, you know, that were problematic being dealt with and banned from future conventions. It's like, I guess it all matters on, like, how your organization is and how willing they are to cast, to let themselves be seen in a bad light yeah. so that they can get rid of the bad actors. So. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. It's it it's. I guess it just comes down to how the individual organizations are. It's like, and there again, yeah. How willing are they to just let it be known that this person is terrible, and we're getting rid of them, yep. rather than trying to brush it over and act like nothing's wrong. Yeah, and I'm not saying brushing it over is the correct thing. It's just it's yeah. Like Evo has chosen like Evo's not happening. Maybe their choice, maybe not. But like they haven't tried to be like. No, this never happened. Like, Evo's not happening, and that sucks. Yeah. Smash has not addressed this ongoing problem in a meaningful way. Yes. Yeah. You want to know the one that catches me fucking, like, well, the one that bothers me mm -hmm. is, when's the last time did you hear any follow-up about the guy, Hassan, or whatever, the, the employee at Twitch, 
about what's going on with that. Uh, they started talking about those allegations, and it's been fucking quiet. Well, yeah, I still don't know what the fuck's up with Dr. Disrespect either, so... Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's unrelated to the sexual misconduct, at least as far we as have, we know right no now. His, his is so speculative, it's out there. No, but, but like, we're, it, we're on the topic of, like, sexual assaults or harassments and things like that, that dude is on at Twitch, like, not the streamer, uh, but the actual employee... Yeah. Who is in a high-ranking position? No, yeah, I've... Twitch has said dick no, about th it. That's why I'm bringing it up though, too, because it's the same organization. Like, it's still Twitch, and Twitch has been very, very bad about being completely opaque about this stuff. Yeah, that is, oh, yeah. they don't let uh, nobody gets to know anything. It's just they they're opaque about their rules and enforcement. They're uneven. This Twitch has had this problem for I a while. What if that's an Amazon thing or a Twitch thing? It's no, a twi it existed before they were bought out by Amazon. Yeah, I mean, leave it leave it to the company who wants to talk about like, hey, let's support black streamers and Black Lives Matter, and they have like a montage video with a bunch of white streamers talking about Black Lives Matter. Yeah, <sighs> holy fucking just Jesus, guys! Like, you want to talk about fucking? It's not hard to find. It's not hard to find like black streamers. It's really not. I. There's several people I watch. Uh, at least one I didn't actually know because he usually never uses a webcam. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. They it not difficult if they actually bothered to try. I mean, I could name several off the top of my head that are specifically just in the speedrunning community. Um, I mean, Trihex probably the most well known because he has a Twitch, Twitch emote. That's him. Yeah, he's the global emote, right? Global emote. Trihex have a tryhard emote. But yeah, I can name many, many others like Big John, yeah. uh, Cypherin. I mean, uh, there's, 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 there's a lot of great streamers out there. But yeah, it's like you guys didn't obviously didn't even try. I mean, really. Yeah, I, that's that's yeah, you know, going a little off topic. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I think it deserve that deserves to be called out because that's that was really like beyond tone deaf. Oh, it's absolute fucking yeah. dense of them at this point to like. But also, I'd argue that. Twitch is almost always tone deaf. Like their E three stuff oh, they've yeah. done past years has been cringy as fuck. Like I. Every time they try doing something, either it comes off badly or just kind of like, why'd you bother even doing this? Yeah. While we're in it, you want to talk about Ubisoft real quick in a not-so-great way? Sure. I where to start with this one. Um, we're up to, th yeah, we're with three Ubisoft executives uh, facing uh, accusations and allegations have, yeah, they've announced They've departures. resigned already. Yeah, they've they've already yeah. resigned, and that's in addition to the one we mentioned last week. That's yeah. that's not including him. This is three more top level executives, and we're so we're talking at the top level executives. Like we're not we're not. I mean, very powerful people is what I'm trying to say. These are very powerful people within the organization. That's really bad. Well, and it's so this enough is of for a both... thing that I guess Ubisoft got out there and said that, yeah, they're not addressing this in any way, shape, or form during today's Ubisoft presser thing, which makes sense, because I assume that was recorded like a several months ago at this point, or maybe even like only a 
some time ago before this all happened, but at the same time, like, what do you bet one of these people's in it? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is like, when these are, in a certain sense, kind of public-facing positions, because they are higher-ups, you know, high-level high executives at yep. Ubisoft. Yeah, I mean, this is, that just means that they have some serious issues. I mean, if it, not to downplay it, but I'm just saying because of how powerful these people are in the company. Yep. Like oh, it would yeah. be, it would be somewhat less troubling if it feels like, you know, sort of your middle management or middle management or lower, where like okay, these employees are very bad, and we and we're and they're no longer working here. But those, you know, in that level. There wasn't that will at the lower level wouldn't have as much of an effect. I mean, when you have people at the top level taking advantage using their power, that's that's that shows a systemic problem. That yep. shows a really really top level top down issue there. That's that's really terrible for your entire company. So yeah, it's a Serge Asquith, Yanis, Yanni Mala. And Cecile Cornet. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of those right because, uh, yeah, I you don't know if I pronounce any of those correctly. But you can look it up. It's yeah, it's three departures, and that's really bad. Um, yeah. Yep. I guess last but not least on our bad news tour this week. Uh, let's talk about the U.S. Army. Specifically, it's Twitch and Discord channels. So we didn't talk about the Discord channel when it was happening, but people were kind of involved in a weird speedrunning organization of how fast you could get banned from that because, well, <laughs> turns out that they really don't want you asking questions or bringing up certain aspects of the military that the military doesn't want you talking about because they make the military look, well, not great across the board. And... The Twitch channel's now facing similar problems where people kind of pop in and go like, Hey, um, why y'all committing war crimes? Or yeah. what's your favorite U.S. war crime? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but they got insta-fucking banned on that one. Or actually, I think that one of the things they saw uh, was also from Slasher was they actually, you have a, so you can, there's a built-in word filter on Twitch where you can put certain words to not show up or they automatically doesn't post a message when they use it. Mm -hmm. And war crimes is on their list of banned words that you can't say in their Twitch chat. So when they were testing it out, some guy did war with W4R and that's when it was able to go through. But typing in just like war crimes or something like that oh, yeah. automatically gets caught by the Twitch filter. Yep. Because that's the thing, it's like... And and they're linking to the Wikipedia article, which is a listing of U.S. war crimes. So it's not like they're just, like, making something up out of thin air. They're like, hey, this is something you should know. Children who are being broadcast to about the U.S. Army trying to make it look all cool and fun. Maybe you should read up on this instead of, you know, watching this obvious fucking propaganda channel aimed at children, which, just gotta say... Real fucking scummy there. Yeah, it's... Really fucking scummy. It shouldn't exist. It shouldn't fucking exist. They shouldn't even be allowed to have a Twitch channel. Uh, it's the, really fucked up. The fact that there's a football team for the 
U.S. military and the navies also has struck me as weird. Like I, this isn't us knocking people that have chosen to serve and stuff. But this is this is our purely knocking the advertising strategies utilized by yes. organizations. The propaganda, straight up propaganda. Yeah. This is propaganda because they obviously don't want to talk about the bad side and the dark side. You know, yeah. you know the the fact that so many people are going and coming back with like lifelong issues. You know, you know damage. You know, where you know in in phys, you know in the you know from you know missing limbs to you know psychological issues that that are long lasting. It's like if. If you want to get a good breakdown of some of that stuff, a couple months ago, um, I think it was the U.S. Army Twitter uh, put out a thing like, hey, you know, we remember our veterans or something like that. Tell us how serving has changed your life. And oh my God, I don't know what they expected, but reading the replies on that was fucking gut-wretching. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh yeah, I I mean, this thing's like, I know army vets, and yeah, I, I the fact that they don't get supported well after they come back, it's like that's what they don't tell you. It's like they're like go and you know proudly serve your nation, you know when a just gotta say our army has been sent out a lot to fatten people's wallets. B, uh, in places where they need, didn't shouldn't have been in the first place, and it's but the main thing here at C. Be not supporting the troops after they get back, like not. I mean, it's like rah rah rah. Except when it actually comes to really helping people, and that's and that's where they. But getting back to the subject, propaganda doesn't tell you all. You know, it doesn't want to talk about this stuff. Like I'll bet that they uh, another banned word probably is PTSD. Probably that makes sense. Straight up, gonna say that it, that's probably a banned word. I'll test it. I'm willing to try and test it out. I'm curious. Yeah. But I bet it is. Because, you know, they don't like to talk about the bad side of it when they're broadcasting to children. Just want to make that real clear. Yeah. I, broadcasting I, again, is specifically like, aimed at children to make it, to to feed them a line that is not being honest. I'm not saying that they're they're lying or not being truthful. Honesty is different from just saying the truth. Honesty means you can, if you're being dishonest, that also includes leaving things out. And in this case, some pretty important stuff. And so, so one of the things, yeah, they've been banning people, you know, on the Discord and banning people on, on, on the Twitch channel. But, okay, so this is something that, that occurred, that uh, reading, actually, some of the comments brought this up. All right, so, it... There is a First Amendment issue here to talk about when it comes to the banning, because this is a, a an official. I mean, this isn't just a an army vet running on Twitch. There's plenty of channels that are that are military vets running on Twitch. This is the official channel for the U.S. Army. You know, this is official in every way, shape, and form. This is their official channel, just like they have an official. Esports team that they themselves fund, which means that this is government run, that the moderators are government agents. First Amendment says that the government cannot censor, the First Amendment of the United States says that the government cannot censor speech. They cannot infringe on speech. 
This has been held, and it's weird here in the digital age, and it's been already been dealt with when it comes to President Trump's Twitter official, his official Twitter for the office of the presidency. You can't ban people as a result of this. He can't yeah. ban, yeah. So I mean, because and it came down to a U.S. First Amendment issue, and that the government cannot censor people. I feel like the same thing should apply to the official army military twitch channel as well as their official discord channel they should not be allowed to censor people if we're going to be jurisprudent here if we're if we're going to stick to our constitution and our bill of rights very first amendment is the government cannot censor your right to freedom of speech to the the government cannot be involved in that so this is a literal free speech issue and I'm curious as to if anybody's going to take them to account on it, is I feel like there's a case there, and maybe an important it, one. I don't think it's worth taking it on this one. Like there's a bigger fish to fry right now. I don't know. I think marketing to children about war is pretty fucked up, especially if they're not being honest and they're not want. They have they have shown no desire to be honest about it. So no, I think it's important. I feel like that this this is this is a fight worth taking because I think it's gross in the first place that they are marketing to children, but the fact that they're also being dishonest and banning people who want to say, "Hey, here's things that you should also know." That's that's something that's worth bringing up. Yeah, I've never watched any of their streams, so I don't even know what the fuck goes on during them. It's normal it's normal esports stuff. Like they have an esports team and then other than that normal streaming stuff, like yeah. the normal streamers, it's just but yeah, there is they'll answer questions. That's the thing, it's like they're answering questions about the military, just not the ones they don't want to answer. Yeah, well that's also normal for almost every Q and A, and I'm not saying that's right in this instance, but like But in this instance there's a life and death thing yeah, here. It's... As well as a life changing thing for the worst issue here. So I think it's a little more important no, than asking disagree. Ninja if he's dating somebody. I don't know. That could start a war too, but probably won't. But you you see what I'm saying? Yes, here. I, I'm I'm being contrary in this case to for humorous effect. I don't disagree with what you're saying either. Yeah, it's like there's a you know when we're talking about the U.S. military, there's a life or death thing here, and not just life or death, but also uh, yeah. life changing no, like for we the worst. Like we were talking about this before the here. podcast started, like the not not to belabor this topic longer than maybe we should. Like I've yeah. I've long had issue with how some of the advertising for the armed forces is done. Like the fact that I, as someone who suffers with insomnia, so as grow up, so growing up, I watched a lot of like TV and shit from the hours of like midnight to 4 a.m., the fact you cannot on certain channels make it through a um, advertising block without at least one armed services advertisement, that's kind of like, it's not like join the Marines, it's, hey, are you doing anything with your life, you fucking stoner? Come do something. It's like, it's the weirdest, like, hey, this will fix what's wrong with your life. And I'm like, well, no, I'm just a teenager that can't sleep ever, and this doesn't seem like a correct way to advertise this at all, or the right time to. Like, people that are up at this hour, they have other shit going on that, like, can't be just fixed by jumping into something that you could die because of. Or end up with 
scars in every way possible. Yeah, definitely worth a fate's worth in death type of situations. But I do think we need to move on from this. Uh, we've yeah. given it the appropriate amount of time, I think. Um, back to less controversial gaming news. We're going to start off with our most controversial of our remaining ones. That new MMO from Amazon that sure as fuck looks like a colonization simulator a little bit has been delayed till next year. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if I was to speculate wildly, I would suspect that maybe the um, just burning, monumental success of Crucible maybe has Amazon looking at their games going like, okay, is this actually good? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They're gonna crush it. I mean, given how well Cruc Crucible slammed the ground so hard, like, they they crushed onto the scene that it was too much for the world to handle. They had to pull it back into the beta. Oh yeah, I, I, like, I agree with you that uh, Crucible is too much game for a mere gamer like me to handle at this point. Yeah, you're you're a mere peasant in their in their eyes. Yeah. We're all mere peasants. Yes, I. If you don't know, what we're talking about the MMO New World, which, on its surface, is kind of a cool idea for a game, but also definitely plays around with um some of the historical themes of colonization and has already been kind of had people going like, man, a lot of the art for this game sure looks like the conquistadors that um. In hindsight, we're kind of fucking horrible people, and at practice, we're really fucking horrible people, but we don't teach that aspect of discovery in some ways all that frequently. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's been pushed to 20, uh, to, uh, 2021, it was not come out this year in theory. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all there is on this one. Uh, in other news this week, Sony invested $250 million dollars into Epic Games for, quote, future collaboration. It's not really clear what the fuck that means, but I feel comfortable saying Fortnite 2 is now a PlayStation 5 exclusive. <laughs> Epic <can't>. bad? <laughs> you don't get to say that, Henry. That's Alex's phrase. <laughs> we don't steal each other's bits. <laughs> did you, uh, I, I don't know where I saw it, but did you see the, like, percentage comparison in terms of the stake they got for the money they put in? No, uh, what is that? I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. So, obviously, like, they they purchased a $250 million minority stake. Yeah. Which, you know, when, when uh, I forgot how much, um, who was it, Tencent or that other one put in, they got, like, 40-something percent. Yeah, so just to give you context, um... So Tencent Games bought a 40% stake at Epic for only $330 million. Okay. Uh, what's it called? $250 million? I think only got Sony like a 1% or like 5% stake in the company now. Yes. Tencent, because of how much it's worth. Well, yeah. and Tencent bought in in a pre-Fortnite world and stuff. Exactly. Like, I guess I'm not so surprised by that. Like, that's just how yeah. companies are doing financially successful, too. And... Before yeah. like you, but before you start writing in about like, oh, this is because they made that cool demo. Just according to Sony and Epic, that demo they did uh, predates any conversations about this investment. I guess so. I I'm willing to believe that. Like maybe it's hey, you did such a cool ass demo. Like, wouldn't it be cool if you put like? It seems this is more interested on the Epic game engine, not necessarily Epic Games itself, which makes sense. Like if you're if you're going to incentivize game devs because you have a 
better relationship with one of the two major consoles out there. Not, not a bad choice for using one of the major game development engines. Like that's that's kind of smart business, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've used that game engine to show off, like. Hey, here's the PS5 tech demo we did for Epic Game for the um, Epic Game engine. Does it look cool? It looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. Moving on from that, Sega announces the mini arcade cabinet comes with 36 games. Which I'm super happy about. How There's big a... is this thing? I can't tell. It's pretty tiny. Like these these mini arcade things are pretty tiny. It I don't know if it comes with a sort of another video out. Um, so we know a, you know, a Tiny Genesis had, had already come out. But they're also, uh, and apparently they're putting out a secondary yeah. gamepad, I guess. Like, they can plug into this thing. But, yeah, so, it. but the big change here is it's a bunch of arcade games. And so, and, you know, at the time... Arcade games were on more powerful hardware than we had for consoles. You know, that's kind of, that's very much flipped, essentially. Oh, what a world that was to live in. Yeah, right around the PlayStation era is when when it was the catch-up. Because at that point you had machines that were specifically like an arcade PlayStation and an arcade Saturn and an arcade Dreamcast even. People like don't remember Neo... this often. Nintendo made arcade cabinets at one point. Oh yeah, you uh, could play yeah, Mario so... in an arcade. Yeah, like the the VS games. Uh, yeah, uh, but also not just those. Like just straight up like normal arcade cabinets. I mean, like you know Donkey Kong. That's an arcade cabinet. You yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, the, the yeah Sega has yeah. This is a bunch of their. It's somewhere between the 8-bit and 16-bit era, so it's but it's including some fantastic games. So it's including the vir- first Virtua Fighter, which there again for its day that was really groundbreaking. It was the first 3D fighting game, and you have Fantasy Zone, which is a kind of a popular shooter, Golden Axe, and Golden Axe: The Revenge of Dead- Death Adder, which was such a I loved that game. I played the heck out of it. I played that a lot. Alien Storm, which is basically Golden Axe with lasers against, like, aliens, weird aliens. Um, Alien Syndrome, Columns 2, Dark Edge, Puzzle in Action, Tant R, and Altered Beast. So, but the arcade versions of these, which is go- I think is going to be super cool. So, but yeah, this is going to be pretty tiny. Kind of expensive, but see, I wasn't too attracted to buy the mini, the the Genesis mini, because I own a Genesis. Sure. And I have, like, the games for it that I kind of want, though there are some games on the Genesis minis that that are, like, harder to find or, you know, ridiculously expensive to try to pick up. But in this case, it's arcade, arcade games, which, yeah, I mean... That's that's actually a big draw for me personally. I I I'm definitely interested in picking up this one. And yeah, but yeah, they've only revealed ten games of the thirty six that will eventually be in it. But just the first ten are like, those are some real bangers. Those are some excellent games. So looks like they're using the uh, System sixteen and System eight board uh, type of emulation so far. I don't see anything. None of these games are beyond that. But um. Yeah, 
Uh, really cool. Really interesting. But, yep. Sega news. <laughs> and, of course, I have a lot to say about it. This has been your Sega news of the mall. I don't know. Yeah, I'm assuming this is their news drop for the month. Yeah. You know, on their promise of at least one news drop each each month. The year of Sega. Weird year to be the year of Sega, I'm realizing. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, this is a this is a you, Henry. So Tetris is getting a competitive game show on smartphones. Alright, so there's already a Tetris app. So the, yeah. the free the free Tetris app. And this is connected with that. So essentially, you go on the app at is certain times. Is this just times. essentially, um, what the fuck was that show called? Uh, oh, uh, the question show you could write in that you could win money off of, hypothetically, you could do once a day. Um, I don't know. Uh, th- there was an app that, like, once a day you could tune in to try and win some money through a quiz show, and... Oh, yeah! You know what I'm talking but about, Al- Henry? This yeah. Is- yes. Yeah, I do. But, yeah, um... Yeah, basically, yeah, There's this is a little different than that, because it's a full-on game show with a host, with yep, a live host. Yeah, the thing I'm host. talking about had that same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah, I think I remember what you're talking about, uh, actually. Um, headquarters one, trivia, okay, one, yep. Yes. One versus something? Uh, no, it's, it's um, it was called, like, headquarters trivia or something. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of another thing, actually, that was similar. But in any, any case, there's going to be a game show mode in with the app. So HQ trivia. All right. So I think that's that's maybe also that's what it's saying. Oh, is similar H- to HQ was gone at this point. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, <clears throat> there's going to be a few other new modes added to the app. But really, the big thing is there's going to be a live, you know, a live game show. So that's kind of interesting, to be honest. I mean, that's yeah. kind of crazy. So I'm a huge fan of Tetris. I always will be. I, on a, uh, unfortunately, I don't have a phone that can run this game right now for some reason. Oddly enough, but uh, HQ, I really want. If I remember, had like a really weird problem. Like because of the way that app had to work, you actually had to have a pretty powerful phone to play the game. Yeah. So we're seeing the same thing with the uh, Tetris here, but. Yeah, um, something similar to the 100-player Tetris 99 is going to be rolled out on the app as well, and that's that's cool, because uh, Tetris 99 is real fun. It's real cool if you're uh, good at Tetris. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I love Tetris. I, it's kind of a very early game that I played. I mean, it's first real game that came with the Game Boy, the original... Greens, uh, green pea soup Game Boy, and I, I played the heck out of that game, like yeah, so yeah I don't know it's just I think it's really neat I think I think the idea of having a game show around it is I don't know I think that's gonna be less exciting than people than their than their kind of I, I think, think that I think they're people un- that are really fucking badass at Tetris are going to make some money, and then they're going to realize how fucking hard it is to make money off this the same way that HQ had problems. Yeah, I think that's going to be the bigger issue, is how are they going to make money off of a game show? And because most well, game shows... Have, stuff if, previously for HQ. Yeah, yeah. Is game shows are very much based on ad buys, and those ad buys are based on 
how popular is this thing? Like, how many people are interested in Tetris? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tetris 99 had enough, you know, enough of a following where tons of people are playing it, but that's also because a lot of people have a Switch. But, yeah, I don't know really what to say. But, yeah, I think it could, I don't know. Uh, it could be a big bomb, because I think they may be overestimating how popular Tetris is. I don't know. I, I get the impression there's people out that are fucking badass into Tetris, but... Oh, yeah. I'm saying the number of people. Yeah. I uh, There again, like I said, if the ad buys aren't there, if they don't see enough engagement on the app, which I'm guessing that's why they're deciding to try this out anyway, because there are, they are obviously getting some pretty good engagement on the app right now, uh, yeah, it's that's it's gonna live or die on its ad money, just like every other game show. So, yeah, we'll see. Yep. So, last but not least, before maybe our biggest news of the week, uh, which is the Valve Digital's press conference thing, we've got Core, and I don't totally get what they're trying to do. Like, it sounds like they're trying to la- they're trying to launch a platform of some kind that will act as an interface for other games, but I also can't tell if Core is a game? It's a bit, it's going to be a bit like Roblox. I, don't, I guess I don't know what that means, I guess. I'm not trying to know what Roblox is. Alright, so I I Roblox I, don't. Is, I mean, Roblox is kind of like, I don't know, in a certain sense, mix up Dreams and, and Minecraft. Okay, this is the game I thought it was. Okay, that doesn't help my understanding of it. So it's it's a game where there's a platform that you can make games within it, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to ramp up. They in order to get people playing it, period, and people hopping in and like actually wanting to play it, people are going to have to make games in it first. So what they're rolling out is a you know, a pilot program, an initiative to bring in people to hop in and make games. So... So it's basically yeah. dreams. They're trying to dreamify this. Yes. But they're but they're paying people. They want to pay people to, sure. to, to do it. Which makes, makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, nobody's going to get into your game if there are no games in your game game. Uh, but yeah, the so I mean, well, it's a weird one because I mean, this is a high fidelity one, unlike Roblox. You know, this is this is one that actually yeah, with you know, it's more like Dreams in that it has really sharp graphics. Whereas Roblox is, yeah, it's kind of Minecraft with Dreams. Uh, whereas this, yeah, this is a lot more, a lot more sophisticated. I am curious as to how. As to the difficulty level of using the tools, yeah, that, that it, it. I compared to a little big plant almost, where it's like, okay, here's potentially your stuff you can build shit with and program with. Like, I maybe it's Mario yeah. Maker esque, I guess, but 3D, I don't know. It just yeah, seems that's... like it, it's a cool idea. It seems like a weird gamble to make, though, too. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a I I I think that's why you know honestly a million dollars is not that much to. To, to sort of, if you're expecting a lot of engagement, yeah. a lot of people buying it, that's not a whole lot to invest. But yeah, it could be a million dollar bust. 
I'm 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 kind of interested in this. I'm I am definitely kind of interested in this to be honest. Yeah. Uh it just seems like it uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting idea and I wonder if uh, if it'll be a little more accessible than say even dreams. Whereas dreams is not difficult to work within. I mean, it's it's difficult to make something really sharp, but just to make something on dreams isn't isn't too bad to be honest. Yep. I don't know if you've ever played around with it, but not um, really. I yeah. But yeah. yeah. Ready to talk about Devolver Digital? Sure. All right. So Devolver did their usual not an E three E three press conference thing this year. I I watched it. You appear to have watched it as well, Henry. Have you watched it, Alex? Uh, no, I have not actually. So. They did their kind of normal Adult Swim skit thing. This one seemed to play off the idea that, like, the Devolver Digital Direct is now the Matrix, essentially, and they're trapped inside of it, kind of. And I, the whole thing culminated with the announcement of a game we already talked about, Devolverland Expo, which is a essentially kind of a E3 press conference you can play as a video game, and that's a thing. Uh, they announced literally five games as part of this, one of which was Shadow Warrior 3, which... Do you like the... Anyone but me like the Shadow Warrior franchise? I have not played the new ones. Like, ever since they kind of took the license and completely overhauled it. Yeah. The- like, it's it's not a Duke Nukem Forever instance here. They're just like... They took a license and did something very different and new. To make it feel like a new game rather than an old game. Well, and I so really I played them. I, I think the first remake is cool. I, th- I think it's a good game. Like it's got a good sense of humor. I suspect it's also in certain can be considered racist as fuck. Like you play as the main character Lo Wang, who has just the most stereotypical accent possible. I don't know what's up with the studio that makes it. So I, I don't know where this one falls. The fact it got a sequel, I'm like, okay. Maybe you're stretching a gimmick a little bit far. I don't know who's clamoring for a Shadow Warrior 3 at this point, especially because the sequel, Shadow Warrior 2, I don't think was as good as Shadow Warrior 1. It added kind of like... It's been a couple years, so I maybe remember. I think there was like a loot system to the game. There was like a weapon quality system to it. I remember kind of sucking. It had larger kind of open worlds. Like It had multiplayer, which was kind of cool, but didn't feel as Shadow warrior as the first one did. Like... The, the fact Shadow Warrior got a sequel always baffled me, and the new trailer makes it look like I'm tightening it back in. It's back to kind of what made Shadow Warrior 1 great as opposed to Shadow Warrior 2. They getting some new combat overhauls. Like, the game looks ridiculous as it always has, which is probably going to think it's colorful, which looks cool, but I, it's... Mm-hmm. It was really weird hearing we're making a Shadow Warrior 3 to me, I guess, because I don't think the second one did that well. Yeah, I... And they are they are really banking on it hard. So all right, yeah. so this is this is how I kind of rate it, or why I why I think that. So in what we mentioned earlier, the Devolverland Expo game, there it's really uneven on how good each of the kind of setups. Yeah, the is Shadow the Warrior games. land for it is big. It's huge and very cool, and like it's obvious that's where most of the time of this game went into. Uh, they put more time into that yeah. booth than they put into any of the other booths combined. 
Well, which, and I think it's part of that. So I they are of, really banking hard on this one. Well, I think if I understand correctly, the guys that the, the studio that made that playable the Expo Land thing also made this game. Yes, yeah. it is the same studio. Yes. So it makes sense there, but that also means that, yeah, they're banking hard on this. Pretty, They're, they're banking pretty hard yeah. on, on Shadow Warrior 3. I, you know, I've seen it. In, yeah, so I have the same feeling you have. It seems like that they've revamped some things, added some new types of combat in. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'd be willing to test it out. I, mean, oh, yeah, it's, I, I will is. probably play this one like I played all the sh- other Shadow Warrior games. But I also very distinctly remember at the end of Shadow Warrior 2 just going, I don't need more of this. Like, the first Shadow Warrior is longer than it needs to be. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, so, and that that's like the big one, the big one that they announced, really. I mean, I like I said, it's, it seems to be the one that they really made a huge deal about. Yeah. Unless, unless this doesn't look cool. Like, it looks like another Shadow Warrior game, and those games are inherently cool. Like, it's got the same sense of humor as back, which is, if you're not playing these games for the sense of humor, don't play these games at all. Like, yeah, if you're not going to chuckle at the fact the main character's named Lo Wang, don't play these games. That's about as mature as the humor gets. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Fall Guys, which apparently if you put two Fall Guys in the same room, they will eat each other if left unsupervised, or and also, uh, Shuya Yoshida thinks they look tasty, but that's Devolver <laughs> Digital. That was the weirdest part. They got, like, Phil Spencer, um, uh, uh, Yoshida, and uh, your uncle from Nintendo to show up as part of this press conference. That was Those were pretty big gets. What? For, Devolver Digital show. for, me, for me, the bigger get was Sonic Fox. That's fair. Yeah, he shows up as part of this. We're, we're getting to that weirdness, I guess, in a little bit. So Fall Guys is the next game. Not a lot more for this. And now we're also starting the weird cynical Charlie part of this conversation because I think every other announcement they actually made as part of this, maybe not, um, how do you pronounce this one? Chilla? Ocha? Olja? The Olja. Olja, yeah, it's their their logo. It makes it look a C. The other games they made a big point of showcasing for this, I think they announced last year or the year before that. So if you're looking at kind of actual new announcements, I think it's just Olja and Shadow Warrior 3. Like, Fall Guys, Carrion, and Serious Sam 4 have all been announced and around for a while. Fuck, like, the tr- yes. they made fun of the fact that Serious Sam 4's release date's been known for months before this came out. Yeah. Hmm. Which is a bit weird for them to, like... Yeah, I think the problem is, yeah, they just didn't really have that much to announce. But then, like, they decided to hide some of their marketing in the Expo game, which I didn't manage to find all the stuff. I know that there's some guides online, but I didn't like the game well enough, or the gameplay in the... in that well enough to want to go back in and and find the The fact that there has to be guides for an advertising stunt to find all the stuff, like... That concept hurts my brain a little bit. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> it's like, I guess you really don't want me to find out about this stuff. Okay. Well, so and, like, and that was the weird thing. Like, it's. Let's talk about the direct now, I guess. Like, if you're into these, yeah. you should go watch it. It's as good as any of these things are. At, at least for me, doing the direct, making fun of E3 without E3 to make fun of this year felt weird. And, like, it. It feels like this has officially jumped the shark. Like, it's no longer about video games and being kind of making fun of video games. It's, okay, how do we keep making the Devolver Direct weirder and weirder? And, like, 
you have Jeff Keighley show up to be like the architect of the of the Devolver Direct Matrix, and like was like Deus Ex Machina for this. Like the the best moment for it is when the when my uncle from that works at Nintendo showed up to announce a variety of terrible things about Tom Nook's uh, financial status and that Yoshi was in a gang and that um. Uh, Princess Toadstool's a snitch and shit like that. Like, that was funny, but the rest of it was just kind of like, okay, why? Lots of the bits were even more awkward than usual. Yeah. I think it's because there there's, seemed to be, a, because of the lack, the lack of games, real desperation. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, we've been hearing about Carrion, I think, for three years now, and Carrion looks cool as shit. It's out soon. Like, that's... That, yeah. That's a game I'll probably play at but some point. But it's not a new announcement. Yeah, like, and it's one of those ones where it's like they made a whole carrion suit and had Phil Spencer talk to it, and like, yeah, at least Yoshida seemed to have fun doing the Fall Guys part. Phil yeah. Spencer seemed to be like, "Why the fuck?" It's like, oh, we got the horrible monster game for the Xbox. Ha. Yeah, it's yeah that that was definitely like one of the bits that like fell real flat. And then they had this weird thing of, like, here's fake games because we don't so, and, have enough... That's the Sonic Fox issue. That's why I kind of hated that. So, like, the, the meta-commentary, and I use that term loosely, of the Devolver Direct was that, like, we're, it's all about the release cycle, or the announcement cycle. No one cares about video games anymore. It's all about just announcing stuff so people can get hyped, and then, like, you could just announce games you never intend to make. And they had, like... Sonic Fox announced what was it, Furry Fighters 4, despite that no Furry Fighters 3 exists, or 2, or 1. Yeah. Even he seemed a little, like... Yeah, like, a guy that in theory should have fun with this definitely seemed to have, like, a vibe of, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Mm. I, I, yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, this is definitely the showcase where there were some fun parts, and there again, like, I enjoy... The fun parts, but there are also parts that fell real flat. And and, it, and there, there there again, I for me is there's a real desperation, a palatable desperation here. Well, because... and, and that's the thing too. Like the years that you described the Devolver Digital Showcase as like the Guar Show of E3 press conferences, those were the fun years. Like the first time they did this, it was weird, it was shocking, it was confusing. We're three of them in now, and, like, they don't seem to know what to do with them, and without the backdrop of other E3 press conferences to make fun of, it just feels cringy. Like, there's no joke anymore. It's like, yeah, it's... The, it's Like, even the write-ups for this are like, yup, we made it through the Devolver Digital Direct. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they tried to go into kind of making fun of themselves. Yeah. A little bit of self-aware, but they didn't go heavy enough into that to make it really funny. Like, I, I don't know, there's, I, I, it's hard to describe how it was less than other presentations, even though they obviously went a little more, like, gonzo yeah, in certain I, ways, that didn't make it better. Like, it, it's weird to say this, but, like, no one's neck got snapped as part of the system, but there wasn't, like, weird blood showers, like, it didn't feel like the ridiculousness that is the Devolver Digital Show it just felt like the humor minus the spectacle, and I think that, like, made it fall flat. Like, and don't get me wrong, there were some hilarious moments. Like, the fact that one of the people was just drinking through the entire show, that was a oh, yeah. funny gag. 
I, I'm going yeah. back to it. My uncle that works at Nintendo, that gag was amazing. Oh, yeah, that was a great like, gag. Hands down the best part of it, but, like, it ends with the uh, woman that's run it previously giving this rant about how, like, pre-orders are bad and, like, gamers, like, have giant backlogs and stuff. And, like, <sighs> on one hand, yeah, what she's saying is totally correct and, like, there's definitely weird consumer culture around this. On the other hand, they didn't earn the right for the CEO of Devolver to lecture us about buying video games. It's like, okay, you've advertised now the same two or three games at least two years in a row now. Like, okay, why did you yeah. even do this? Like, yeah, in so was... many ways, the most Devolver direct thing would have been to just release the Devolver video game and be like, nah, everyone else is doing a direct this year because of COVID. We made a video game, fuckers. See, they should have got, yeah, and I agree. Like, the the, the time that they put into making the, the direct video, they should have just put that into the game. Like, or... they should have made one announcement, say, this is the game, then the game itself make it re easier to play and easier to get around on. Yeah. And that's just how you find out about the games. They didn't need a separate video direct. They should have been like, we're not doing a direct this year, just because everybody else is doing one. Yeah. That's literally, here's a game instead. Yeah, and rather they reveal spent, our games. When they spent time in their direct being like, fuck, everyone's doing a direct this year because of reasons. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, and I get it, like, you're making fun of that fact, but also, like, this isn't one to make fun fun of, I don't think, at this point. Like, I, I get it, you guys invented the Direct in some ways, or at least you're acting like you did. Nintendo does them too, but also, why are you doing this this year? Like, you're not making fun of anything, you're just be. It's when Adult Swim live-action stuff goes from, like, funny to, I don't know who this is for, why are you doing this? Yeah. Mm. I agree. And we've totally sidetracked ourselves as part of this. So yeah, we, we got another look at Carrion. That still looks cool. Like, you play a yeah. big flesh monster thing. Um, Olja. I, I hope I'm pronouncing Olja. that correct, because fuck if I know. Olja. Olja. It looks like it's Olja. made by the folks behind Nidhogg, maybe? I can't figure out who... I, I haven't a lot of time in figuring it out, but like, it's got that same art style and like moving of pixel art and stuff, that if that's the case, that could be cool. The combat looks solid for it. I, Henry's the harder critic on pixel art, so I could imagine he's actually not a fan of this based off how pixel ass this pixel art is. Yeah, it's super pixely, and I you you have to like you know, and Carry On is as well, but Carry On looks better and it looks unique. Carry On looks this gross one... in a way pixel art rarely is. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one. Uh, just use high def graphics. Yeah, like the. the... But at the same time, like, the motion in this feels very not pixel art. That's maybe the cool part of it, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I, like I said, I suspected Henry's going to have some problems with this because this is the most pixel-ass pixel art possible. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's... To me, it just does not seem like it stands out among pixel yeah. art games. Like, Hyper Light Drifter has a crazy design to it and just wild color scheme. And just looks really cool. I mean, yep. um, and like, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's nothing about this game that really stands out to me. It's like, I've seen so many similar games at this point, like, that are like 2D action, 
and there's some ways to dash across the screen and kind of teleport around. We've seen that. Like we've 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 really seen that. I mean, that's that's really yeah. not See, I see the thing that they're actually like oddly enough are missing here is one of the games that actually got mentioned in the expo uh ex the Devolverland thing, which was the uh uh the dead uh, or west of no 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 weird west it was a weird west that game's been which, out though for a little bit yeah but they uh but the expo land actually talks about that. yeah they actually have a booth up for it and that's way way more interesting than i think any of the other games like because that game has some really cool aspects to it like everything you do has permanent consequences there's no running around and getting rid of like more way more so than even like say you know red dead redemption 2 it's like with that when you kind of die like all your you know nobody's looking for you anymore people don't have permanent grudges against you that's not going to reappear yeah, it's a tactics game too like it's well it's not a tactics game it's i think it's turn based ish no it's not oh it's an action game yeah it's a top down action but, it's, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, that may be why I misinterpreted it as yeah. Sorry. Like it's it's a sorry. It's it's a stel it's a slower game than lots of what you might think it is. Um. If yeah, I don't know. Not necessarily. I was. Well, I've watched Maybe now that I've watched some game that's got the similar name to it. Uh, now that I've actually watched some gameplay footage of it, I mean, it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it that game actually seems really neat. Yeah. But yeah, they actually had a booth up for it, but. Yeah, I, I'm more interested in that one, honestly, than a lot of the others. Except for Carrion. That's that's what I definitely... Uh, and, yeah, we kind of mentioned the, you know, the Serious Sam. I mean, I don't know if I I'll get it, I still don't honest. get who Serious Sam is for. I really don't. Like, But yeah, oh, no, it's not... Uh, Weird West is not out yet. How have, I, how have I seen reviews for it? I don't know. Huh. I don't know if you've seen reviews for it, I have to be honest. Maybe early stuff that somebody got early access to, but you can't even demo this. It's not even like early access. It's coming soon. What am I thinking soon. of then? Um, Charlie's having one of those Bearstein Bear moments. No, where... there's another game that's got I similar it, name. I swear. There's another game that's got a similar name to it, I think. Maybe. Uh, give me a I have sec. no idea. Keep talking. I'll figure this one out. But yeah, Weird West, it's not out. Like, I was, I was like, I didn't think it's been out. But yeah, it is weird that they kind of skipped over that. It, it's in the it, like I've read a couple of articles about the developer direct thing, and they didn't bring up Weird West. And I think of the games, that's the one most interesting to me because it it has a nice look to it. I like the look. It's you know we're it's not a it has you know high res graphics. Yeah. It's a top down kind of you know Diablo Diablo style you know view point of view, but it has dynamic events and permanent consequences like if you have a partner and they die and you don't and you don't revive them you aren't over to revive them yeah. in time they're gone you don't get to get them again and if you you know like cause a vendetta that's going to come back to bite to bite you in the ass later on so i mean that's 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 what i think is really cool is the consequences and it's rare in a game where every action you have to actually think about Oh, that's actually going to be meaningful to me. I mean, I, I what comes to mind is like you know the uh, Fallout, you know Fallout one and two, especially okay and three and four. 
The game I was thinking of well. was Desperados 3. Okay. Mm. I now get yeah. why I was confused. Alright. So, but yeah, Weird West is a top-down action game. It's a twin uh, Action RPG. What's that? It's kind of a twin sticker, isn't it? I think so, yeah. kind of, in a certain sense, yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, but yeah, I do like the idea of it having permanent consequences. I like, yeah. I think that's meaningful, or full, more meaningful for you know an RPG. If you do something, you gotta, you have to live with that. You can't rewind time on that thing. It's done, and you're gonna have to deal with that, you know, sooner or later. But yeah, I think I like the idea. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of options for making your character very unique. Yeah. This is from uh, the same people that did Dishonored and Prey. Two very good games. Dishonored 2 is amazing. One very game. good game. What? I think uh, the Prey is bad. That game is boring. But Dishonored and yeah. Dishonored 2 yes, are Dishonored fantastic. Are yeah, those are super good games. And this is from the same makers. But Yeah. Uh, I'm very interested in that. And I kind of think it's weird that a lot of the write-ups didn't include that, but I think it's... I think that's the issue. Really... You have to play the game to find out that's even them. Like, I, fuck, I thought yeah. Desperados 3, a game that's out and kind of weirdly reviewed, and this game were the same game. Yeah. But I yeah, suspect I'm not I the think... only person that made that mistake. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I think that's kind of the Devolver Direct. Yep. The, the, the best game, I feel like, didn't get pushed. But anyway, because I have very definitely not as, you know, kind of uncommon tastes in games that aren't... Yeah, I like a lot of popular games, but definitely some of the games that I latch on to aren't the most popular. Yeah. But that's the Devolver Direct. Um, go watch it. It's a thing worth witnessing once and forming your own opinions of it. Uh, yeah, I... It just feels weird this year to me. Yeah, I agree. I still enjoyed it, but yeah, it's there's parts of it that fell super flat. Yeah, I I don't know. I If you're me, I spent the entire time wondering how the fuck they made it during COVID, but that's a whole other separate topic. Like, I, I get other film studios were popping up and stuff, but it seems weird they would bother to make this, given all that's going on right now. I, I still stand by. I think the corrector call would have just been a tweet going, like, like, streams cancel. We're just fucking doing a video game. Go play it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's doing directs. We're Devolver. We don't do what everyone else is doing. Yeah, I feel like, really, that was a missed opportunity <laughs> yeah. there. And then you could have some of the skits even appear within that game. Ima like, like, imagine if those were on the screen in the game. Like, fuck. The, yes. the, the plot of the Devolver Direct would have made an okay game. Yeah. But... Yep. Like, if I could have talked to Yoshida, Yoshida about how tasty the Fall Guys look, that could have been cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I... Like, every year I watch this and I go, what the fuck did I just watch? In a way, they hit their goal, if that's what you think. Not in a good way this year. Not in a good way. No, I know. Different but, yeah. sense, definitely. Like, the last two... like. The first one I watched, the first time they did it, I'm like, wait, is this anything? Is this just them being weird? And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, no, this is this is a fun thing, and it's weird, and it's whatever. And 
now we're several in, and this is the first time I'm like, this gimmick maybe has overstayed its welcome. Mm. But that's it this week for news. Um, we'll have more on Ubisoft, obviously, next week, because that is happening as we're talking. Um, we want to make some predictions about what they talk about as part of that. Who's Assassin's, talking next week? Assassin's Creed 10, The Assassin's Creed. Well, it's got to be Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but yes, I suspect we'll have more jokes about how dumb that hidden blade looks. Um, <laughs> mobile game integration for Assassin's Creed. Sure, I suspect we're all going to come out of that press conference being real worried about Watchdog Legion. Mm. Yeah. Because that's one that, like, I kind of, early on, was like, actually, I kind of like the idea of that. Yeah, and I and go the opposite what? direction of, fuck, it's another bad Watchdog. No, it's, no, my rush is, it's just, fuck, it's another Watchdogs game. God damn it. I like Watchdogs. Uh, but... I cannot get into that franchise, no matter how hard I try. Like, I think the first one is bad, the second one is worse. <laughs> Yeah, I actually like both games. Yeah. So they're well-made um, games. I just think the tone of that game is completely at odds with what you do in that game and have other problems with it, like the fact that you are a fucking murderer in that second game when it's like, "No, we're the good guys." I'm like, "You killed a lot of people." That's like every game's problem. Uh in a game that's so into how evil some of the things you were going off of and then lets you 3D print guns to murder relatively innocent people, it's a weird one. I, it's The first one, I think, played it off better, which is like, yeah, you're unhinged. The second one is a little tone-deaf in that category. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's a, it's a hang-up I have with that franchise that I know is unfair based on my okayness to other games. Like, it's it's trying to be GTA, but also trying to make you, like, a superhero at the same time, but not willing to make you the Punisher. Yeah, I, it's people that are way too okay with murder, I guess, in my mind. That are, like, written to be way too okay with murder. That and Aiden Pierce is a fucking monster, which made the first one okay. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll see, Legion. I suspect we'll all be talking about it. Um... I think I heard some rumors that For Honor 2 is the thing. Which, that could be cool. Uh, obviously, we'll hear about Far Cry 6. Um, any other big guesses at what we'll see out of Ubisoft? Uh, For Honor sequel. I just said that. Oh, damn it. Spaced out then. I don't know. Uh, do you think we'll see anything from, uh, what's it, Beyond Good and Evil? I really don't like the way that game is looking. It's got an art style that I'm not sure I'm a fan of, yeah. Well, I mean, not even that. It's just like, I think the story is weird and dumb and kind of steps on the entire tone of the first game. I which don't was, disagree, yeah. It seems like they're going grimdark and it's like, seems like one of the points of the first game is not to be grimdark. Like, we're, we're going to make a game that's actually like just kind of it's not like it's lighthearted all the time, but it's like, it's not grimdark. It's not a grimdark game. It just seems like this is just something entirely what the fuck. Like, you just took a franchise and just, like, decided to do whatever you wanted with it and make it grimdark for no good reason nah, whatsoever. No, I'm with you on this one. I think it's, I'd be more okay with this franchise. I, I, it could be a cool game. I don't know why they're insisting on making it a, quote, beyond good and evil game. Kind of like, yeah, it's like, I, Beyond Good Evil is a fine game. It ends like it's a, it's a nice contained thing. It doesn't need a sequel. Here's a sequel. 
or Why? or the prequel yeah. actually a weird prequel yeah and it's just like a grim weirdly grim dark overly realistic looking prequel and i'm just like i have zero interest in this and i don't know who you're trying to market this with but yeah. it's not me who played the first game and enjoyed it yeah yeah uh think there'll be a new just dance game oh of course they will Think Aisha Tyler's back this year? I don't know. Hmm. I hope not. That, like, the Devolver shtick was getting a little old or long in the tooth for me by the last time they did it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i expecting it to be mainly, like, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry 6, potentially. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I'm not excited for either of those. Yeah, they've successfully made, like... I think the like, at the time I thought Far Cry Three was an amazing game, and they have successfully made me not give an ass about that entire franchise at this point. Yeah, yeah. All right, we do have an email this week that we can close out this podcast with. Um, if you wanted to contact us, Henry, how would you go about doing that? You would contact us at wickedawesomecast at gmail dot com. What's that email again, Alex? Uh, that email is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast, spells it sounds, down the show notes, etc. etc. Um, we got kind of a weird email in this week. It comes in from Anonymous. Uh, it's actually... <laughs> either of you two watch Hamilton? Not I'm yet. Fa- I'm familiar with it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, so I... Think, yeah, I think my wife watched this. I have not watched it yet, because I don't like musicals that much, but it's... Definitely been weirdly all over a bunch of gaming news sites in a way I wasn't expecting it to happen. But so, we'll dive in. Hey, Wicked Awesome cast. This this may seem like a weird question. You are right. But for some reason, I think Charlie at least has a background in theater, and it's not like being experts has ever stopped you three from having opinions before. So here it goes. (laughs) You're not wrong. Not sure if you, um, you three are aware, but Hamilton, the musical, recently came out on Disney streaming. Kind of hard to avoid streaming thing, and for some reason a bunch of gaming sites have been covering the total fuck out of it. Any thoughts you, any thoughts you'd like to contribute to this conversation, or do you think this was a spillover? This is a spillover from other media in a time where lots of us have limited things to do. I think it's pretty much exactly that. Yeah. I think there's, they are starving for news on gone like gaming sites, I've, and that's why like all along Kotaku just includes articles. From other websites on their websites, yeah. from other under the same banner that is, you know, under that you know, same yeah. banner. But yeah, it's I don't know. I I don't. I've seen lots of weird things covered on video game sites these days. I mean, like we here, it's like there's only so much gaming news that we yeah. could really cover, and that we thought we you know that we could talk about it any depth. Like and. The weirder set of conversations are, like, and I think this is the more important ones happening right now, are the ones that people aren't covering. Like, like, most of the news you're seeing on gaming sites is how cool it is Hamilton is now on the like, on a streaming platform, and everyone can watch it. It's about the kind of, like, the de-elitifying the access of plays, which I completely agree with. What it's not talking about is the conversation about what impact this will have on the theater community where like one of the biggest differences between theater and movies has been that you have to be there to experience it in some ways. And 
got a much smaller budget, and as a result, like, there's a whole artistry aspect to it, and a... It's like, a, I'm not gonna say it's a museum, but, like, it's there's a lot of stuff that goes into theater that's called theater technology that's relatively mm -hmm. unique to it as a performance and theater or artistic medium and stuff that, like, it's not just performers, it's how you build it, it's how you go about doing it, it's how you design for it, that at least the conversations relating to that have been pretty negative about the whole Hamilton thing because what you're seeing in the stream, I guess, is not an accurate depiction of what that play is. It's You're getting a cropped, very focused version of that performance. Again, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm just kind of regurgitating some of the conversation I've seen at this point, and at least the, like, theater technician and builder and artist aspect of it are kind of mad at this. Like, they're not super big fans. Yeah, it does not... Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, in the same way that... That's why, for at least one reason, I won't get into the other reasons, but why Cats, as a movie, kind of fails hard versus Cats, as a play, which to go and watch, is actually pretty fun. It's still and, weird as fuck, know, but yeah. It's still I mean, weird, but it's like... dumb fun and weird to watch, and it's a whole experience in itself, but it does not translate well to the movie. It's not built to be a movie. There's so many things about it that don't work as a movie. Yeah, I... And I think the same thing's happening with, you know, even though the Hamilton that's being broadcast on is basically just somebody taping the play, essentially, but it, it there's a lot of... There's so many different reasons why... Just a play doesn't work when you just throw it onto the, a screen. Well, and I, it's so... Uh, Les Mis barely works. And, and I, I want to draw some attention to two things, I guess. Like, um, there was a YouTube channel that's been rebroadcasting recordings of famous plays. And uh, it's cool they're doing that. It's, it's really awesome. It's free if you want to go watch it. They have kind of weird, limited viewing schedule. They they showed they showed a uh, anniversary version of Phantom of the Opera, which... I don't have Ooh. a lot of plays I like, but Phantom is one of the ones that I got to work on at one point back when I was doing that stuff, and also just genuinely enjoy because it it's got a cool story. The uh, but like the effects that go into it, the again like the artistry mm. and technology aspects of it, because it's an old ass play at this point, are really fascinating based on like what, what my background was, like the whole chandelier yeah. drop, the pyro, like the way that thing moves on stage from a technology and scene change standpoint are some really cool stuff, especially considering that play is, I want to say, like, at least 60 years old at this point. Like, it's getting up there. It's long in the tooth. Yeah. And it felt like that presentation of it was more just like, hey, we put a fucking camera out in the audience and have lots of really bad zoomed-out shots so you see the entirety of the set happening. Like, we zoom in on solos and big singing pieces, but it feels more authentic to the actual theater experience hmm. than what I've seen of the Hamilton thing. Again, I'm not not Which is the just, thing just the stage. Yeah. Which, yeah, there's a lot that goes into a live... I mean, think, you know, with movies, you get post-production. You get, you know, all, a lot of things you can do to kind of... And edits and stuff. Yeah. Whereas with theater, it's all being done live. Well, and I guess your, also your scene changes, your 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 transitions, everything. A lot of things are going on in the background to make all of that seem as seamless as possible. Yeah, and like the, the what I'm talking about, like it's badly cut. Like the the jumps are smash cuts. There's no like 
easy transitions. There's like there's no artistry behind the camera work, which I think actually makes it a better experience in some ways. Like it's literally just this is probably what you do if you were there with your focus kind of thing, and that's something mm. I think is important. But like I also think, and this is kind of a weird topic to go through right now because we're in the middle of COVID and like streaming services and what's on those services is at an all-time premium and kind of spills over into a weird aspect of my life right now. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. I think if you were to make a list of like bang for your buck live streaming services right now, Disney Plus is a weird one. It's a relatively niche one and I have it because me and my wife bought it back before like COVID happened when you could like get a ridiculous deal on it. So we have access to it. So it's kind of weird for me to be commenting on this, but like it, I, the Phantom thing I'm talking about, that was on YouTube. Anyone could fucking watch it so long as they tuned in during the release schedule for it. And I think that's an important distinction in this whole like unelitifying theater in some ways. I, but at the same time, like people deserve to get paid. And I think that's the other issue is that. The way you build and stage and do all that stuff into something, into a movie is pretty haphazard and like is designed and budgeted and done in a way that you don't have to maintain a budget. It's just like, okay, you get this done, we get paid at the end of this. A lot of theater kind of has ongoing life because you have to go see it. Like it's not something you can just experience once. And as a result, they give you a reason to go experience it multiple times. Like, they have different singers come through or whatever, and it's an evolving kind of living-ish thing. I can't believe I'm the one talking about this bullshit. I wasn't like this at all in college when I was going through this shit. I, hmm. it, it's definitely a weird one. Like, I I can point to a couple other odd examples. Like, um, the movie War Horse happened, and everything about what made that play cool is not in that movie at all. Like, the reason I saw that play was all the horses in it and the tanks and some other stuff. Like, basically, if it wasn't human, it was these crazy, abstract, beautifully crafted puppet things that, like, I think the story for War Horse is whatever. Like, it's pretty forgettable. You went to see that show for the puppets. Like, they, they are cool enough I may make it the thumbnail this week. The War Horse puppets, like, Google it. YouTube, Google them real quick. Like, the Warhorse puppets are, like, ma they're made by this African puppet company, I believe, that does these just badass things. And that was the reason to go see the show. Like, um, Lion King. Yeah, you can get the songs beautifully mastered through the Disney animated movie, but if you go see the Broadway show version of it, it's a really cool interpretation of how you turn people into animals and have them, like, represent that. And again, like, go back to this weird artistry topic I'm hinting at. Like, I think that's Hamilton's not the best example of that, so it's less of a problem converting it into a film, but also, like, yeah, I, Cats is the perfect example. If we made CG Cats, I'm like, somehow the stage version that's costumes is less off-putting than these CG Cats are. Yeah. Well, that also steps into the weird, uh, the uncanny valley thing, which I've spoken about before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worse with the CG than it is with people in makeup and yeah. costumes. Yeah, there's, there's like almost like a vaudeville aspect to the stage version of Cats. Like, don't get me wrong, I fucking hate both versions of Cats. Like, I think it's a weird-ass play that was around for way longer than it should have been, and I don't know who it's for by the end of its lifespan, but... It's for any... It's for... Uh, it's fun. Kids like it, adults like it. Do it's, they? It's a fun... Yeah, it's kids... a fun watch. It's just goofy. Do kids That's the thing, not... it's like... 
it's it's not Les Mis that just rips at your heart. Oh, I thought kids would it's find like, that show terrifying, given what that thing visibly looks like. But <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like it's a lot of fun to watch. It, people enjoy it because it's just silly. It's like I, I like the way that I saw it put once. It's just like I think it was one of the directors something talking about it, and he was talking with the person who created it. You know, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. And he's just, like, trying to think of it. He's like, you know, what do you mean with this? Like, what's the theme here? What's the underlying? And the answer is, it's cats. It's just cats. It's, <laughs> that's it. It's based on a book of poems about cats. Sometimes a cigar really is just it. a cigar, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, and there, it's not to say that there aren't emotional scenes and, you know, like, you know, kind of the, the most, well-known part of it, the song Memory, but it's also kind of light viewing. It's kind of like popcorn, you know? It's it's not something that has to be, like, super tearing at your soul, like Phantom of the Opera, you know, which is, yeah, a fantastic show to watch. But, yeah, Cats is just fun. You just watch it and just get involved with the dumb... You know the it the really dumb fun of cats running around singing. That's it. But yeah, it doesn't translate. It does not translate to the movie. Yeah, oh. that's why you don't see a lot of like cats fans were like, this movie's real weird. It's 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 missing. It's missing the the being in a theater and cats does not work. Even if they didn't, if they use. You know, this people in makeup and costumes and stuff, I think it would still feel the same sort of weird of just being a film with the basic, still the basic plot line of cats. But anyway, not to go too long into cats. Yeah. We've already done that before. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's purely a. It's a thing to talk about. Like, it definitely was a big deal for a week. I suspect we won't be talking about it so much come a couple weeks. I think a lot of people that are talking about it as this incredibly big deal are missing how many people are potentially negatively impacted by this. Like, Mm. if, if I may speak as someone who at one point worked in the theatrical world and no longer does, kind of for this reason, there's now less of a reason to go see Hamilton because... A month subscription of Disney Plus costs way less than even one ticket does, and I'm not sure, like, for the majority of people, there's a really big difference between what seeing Hamilton live and seeing that recording is. Like, I'm... Or at least they won't think there is. Yeah, like, it's... There's no reason... If they haven't seen it live, then they... You know, there again, there's nothing to compare it to, so yeah. they'll just be like, well, I've seen it. They'll be able to say, well, I've seen it, why would I want to go yeah, see it and live? I, I think that's without thinking about without thinking about how much it might add. So and see the thing is, Cats has been around. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Uh, so I'm just gonna chime in here on kind of a little bit of that. Like, I mean, you can. I don't think like I, I'm sure you guys have dabbled on this, but I don't think the theater industry, once everything goes back to quote unquote normal, uh, would be affected that much. And oh. the only reason I bring it up is. I the think... only re- and this is my theory. Let me let me get my theory out on this one real quick here. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm going to use a current example. I'm going to use a movie theater example. Like, Avengers Endgame. I've watched it here. I've watched it at home. And it's great. 
That being said, being in the theater room on release date with a surrounded by a huge group of people who are like-minded and enjoy it, there's no price tag you can really put on that. But at that point, you're not paying for the movie. You're paying for the experience of watching it with a bunch of people. Sure. Which I, and Which, like, Rocky Horror is also the same way. Like, when they do Rocky well, Horror midnight shows. Like, but, it's, but what we're saying is people that don't know the difference now aren't going and, to maybe bother yeah, to I'm try. Yeah, I'm not saying that's everyone, but I'd also say, like, how much did it cost you to see Endgame in theaters? Uh, I mean... No more than $20. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah, it's... Hamilton tickets start on the low end in the hundreds. Yeah. And you have to be in New York, and there's less showings of it, and the ticket availability is much lower, like... Well, at that point, it becomes an experience as opposed to just watching the Yes, the it's also an experience that, like, is much harder to get to. Like, maybe to use kind of a similar comparison, like, any... It's, it's much easier to go to Disneyland than it is to go see Hamilton right now, despite the fact that going to see Hamilton is probably cheaper than going to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It's just, you, there's a, you know, not only are the tickets high priced, you have to, you have to go to New York to see yeah. it. Like they don't do the shows don't that many places. Of it yet. And like one yeah. of the conversations is that like, now that there's this video of it, do you even bother doing a touring show version of Hamilton kind of thing? Like, and the answer is probably yeah. no. Yep. Unfortunately, yeah, it's... and that's the thing for the for the people that don't that maybe haven't seen a theater, you know, theater show at all. Maybe they maybe they've never. There's a lot of people that have never been to theater, you know, been to see a play. Uh, this, you know, the availability means that they won't bother to see it likely in the theater because they don't know what they're missing. They've never known what they're missing, and so now they definitely won't. Maybe they weren't in the first place, but. It's not helping things, I think, is the issue. And also, like, it's, it's one of those ones where you things. also have the factor of one of the industries that's been hit really hard by COVID has been the theater industry. Like, it's never been yeah. doing well. They aren't getting beforehand. any work now. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit fucked right now. It's like movies and shows are starting to be shot again. It's going to be way longer yeah, until theater shows, until plays are going to be a thing again. If ever. Yeah, that's the problem. Like it's, and the idea of maybe we do more of these like video things, I don't think is bad, but I think also like declaring this thing as an amazing thing for everyone right off the bat, that's where the industry has problems with it because a lot of people's jobs in some cases that they've been doing for decades relies on this semi-exclusive aspect of it. Like, don't get me wrong, I think art should be accessible to everyone to a certain extent kind of thing. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to yes, vandalize the art. absolutely. Like, the fact that getting Hamilton tickets is a fucking pain in the ass is good for Hamilton, but bad for the rest of us. Like, I do some other yeah. shows, like Spamalot, one of the other few Broadway shows I actually like, like, got to a point where it was touring, it was also in New York still, and you could go see it relatively easily so long as you were in the right place at the right time kind of thing. Yeah. Also, it's tickets are cheaper. Yes, yeah, significantly so. That's the one thing that gets me is Hamilton's tickets are way because they're expensive. exclusive right now. Like it's the like if you want to get into like the weirdness of the Broadway thing is the more popular a show is, the more expensive going to it is. Pre- period because they gotta make that money. Like mm. once a show enters into its kind of maintaining phase, ticket prices go down, but that can also take years before a show gets there. Like. 
Wicked is still a giant money-making machine because mm-hmm. Wicked. Mm-hmm. Which it. I haven't seen, but I've, I've heard good stuff about it. It was my sister's anyway. favorite show growing up, so I've seen it a couple times. I am neutral on that show. Like, like I said, I, I worked in theater. I wasn't a huge fan of the art of theater, which is what makes this whole conversation fucking weird for me to be having right now. <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I have friends who have also kind of, you know, backstage, done, you know, built or, you know, been back- backstage hands, you know, um, been grips and yeah. stuff like that. And, yeah, I know, I, I understand it. I understand it more because I knew people who had been involved with that. But, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... The very public-facing conversation about this, I don't think, is incorrect, but I think it's also one of those ones where it's great for a lot of people, the people that will be most impacted by COVID and this new interest in making kind of one-off, highly repeatable versions of Broadway shows and stuff. They're not being acknowledged in this, and it's admittedly a small group that, like, has gone out of its way to avoid modernization as fraught with a variety of other issues. And, like, one of the topics within that group is how do we keep modernizing this process so people keep fucking coming to this shit so we can keep doing this? That's a whole separate topic unto itself, too. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. Theater is aware theater is a dying art form and needs to find ways of getting people into their asses into seats to keep it going. But, and, like... If you were to rewind back to 20-year-old Charlie and ask him, like, do you think theater is worth saving, I'd have probably said something cynical like, no, fuck this industry a little bit. Like, it's <laughs> it's a lot of work, and it kind of sucks. It's full of egos, and a lot of things that get put on aren't worth doing. And 10 years later, I'm having this part of this podcast, and it's a surreal experience to me, and I'm not sure, like, all of my views on this would have changed, but the validity of maintaining it as an art form and kind of some of the stuff that goes into it in a historical and technology and cool factor for me. that That's what made me get into it in the first place. That is stuff I think should be preserved. And I'm not saying like all the conversation is just like, this is bad. It's like, okay, how do you make this still work so we can keep doing the cool parts of this in theory? Like that's a conversation that's also happening. And the ideas in that are kind of neat. Like, if Hamilton was, like, a pay-per-view style thing, I think people would be less upset about this from that end of things. It's the fact that now a version of Hamilton just exists on Disney, and it's there for infinitum, for lack of a better phrase. And if you want to watch Hamilton, you can just watch Hamilton, which isn't a bad thing, but also, like, it means people that rely on people having to, like pay money every time they want to see that aren't getting paid. And that's a whole other weird topic that goes kind of into that. That I am in no way equipped to talk about more than I read it. Thank you for writing in, listener. That's our thoughts on Hamilton, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's a play that involves rapping, I guess. I we not fucking talk about the play really itself at all. <sighs> I, I think, think well, we... I really do think the point was just to talk kind of the meta of what it means for the play to be on Disney. Yeah. You know, Disney Direct or whatever. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I think if the conversation was if it's on YouTube, that'd be a whole separate set of conversations, but fuck do I know at this point. Like, I, I will say I think we spent more time talking about the actual play Cats than Hamilton in terms of the play context. 
Yeah, but not I think so it's the also part. it's an interesting <laughs> example where like the movie version of Cats is a flaming train wreck that we all saw ironically because it was a nightmare. This is just a recording of a play on a streaming platform. It's, I want yeah. I want the butthole cut. That's what I want to see. I think <laughs> someone made that actually. No, that apparently the there was an original or there was an edit of that where they the cats had butt cats. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like the Snyder cut yeah. that allegedly existed didn't actually exist. It did exist. No, it didn't. It's they coming to, out. They have. They had to reshoot a bunch of stuff. Oh, boo! Like, like it's one of those ones where it's like, yes, there's re-editing of the footage that exists, or like reuse of stuff, or not editing it the way it was shot, kind of thing. But like, they got money to reshoot parts of it. Because they never got done filming those parts. Well, whatever they do to make the cat hole, the the the, the cats have buttholes in the in the cats movie. I that's what I'm looking forward to. Sure. <laughs> this isn't like the Sonic movie that would have that is better because they made Sonic better. Like it's, it's cats. It's a bad movie, and not just because of the weird CG. Yeah, and I will say for all the shit we gave Sonic, it came out really good. It, yeah. There are still movie posters for that damn movie up, and that still weirds me the fuck out. <laughs> it's been four goddamn months since I saw that, my brain's just like, right. It's a weird way of marking time. Like, in this bizarre apocalypse we live in, that's still a new release in theaters because they've never bothered to update the marquees outside of theaters. Except to say, closed, bitches! But yeah, I read in at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com, down the show notes, etc., etc. I... We need to get off this. We can close out the podcast. Um, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Um, anything you two want to talk about before we close this out? Now that we've taken a weird left hand turn into theater land. Nah, uh, just you can catch me as Kraken Zero. That's Z E R Zero on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. And yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> um. Mave online across the board, all my social medias, Twitch, uh, no longer Mixer because that's dying. Um, although if you want to follow me on Mixer, even though it's gonna die soon, that'd be fucking hilarious. Go for it. it. Yeah. Get that ground swell. There you go. Be the last um, live stream on Mixer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twitch, Mixer, YouTube, Facebook, all Mave online, Twitter, Instagram. I write random shit, and occasionally post. Pictures of my facial hair and weird setups. Yeah. I, I pretty back into streaming. I stream Thursdays and Saturdays, apparently. Uh, Thursday night, Saturday during the day for a few hours. Mostly Destiny stuff. We'll probably mostly Destiny stuff for the foreseeable future. So that's your thing. Come check it out. I'm Mordak, M-O-R-D-4-K on there. And it eventually makes its way over to YouTube under the same name. But that's a slower process because I just... That's more effort than I'm putting in right now. Um... Yeah, it's M-O-R-D-4-K on most social media at that point, too. Come find me if you're curious. I've not been posting much anywhere. Because <laughs> I don't think through during these times of COVID or much to post about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that does it. Who wants to close it out? Cue the middle. Cue the middle.